Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but, I mean, it looked like a bird pooped <laughs> on the president of the United States. Now, the left's out there, who I, you know, you, you asked me, if you said to me, what are some opening lines... Oh, things that you say at the beginning of a program that you never dreamed that you would mention in a program. And I would have to tell you a bird pooping on the president of the United States would be in that list. And so I want to talk about this today. It's not so much about that because things happen, right? I mean, I think we've all, I think we've all had a situation where you know, we've known somebody <laughs> that this has happened to. Maybe it's happened to us. I mean, this is not necessarily that uncommon. What is interesting is how much the left and the Democrats are going out of their way to tell us that this was impossible. In fact, I want to tell the left. I want to tell the left what's actually impossible. Uh, we'll talk about this and lots of other things. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But if you haven't seen it, and judge for yourself. Judge for yourself if Bi- if Biden was pooped on by a bird. That's right, folks. That's where we're going to start today's program. It makes me laugh, and I think it'll make you uh, entertained as well. But not just that. I think that there's some points that can be made from this. Email Todd at Thought question or Thoughts, questions, feedback, opinions, adoration, and praise. Always accept it at that email address. So let's let's get right to this story. So Biden was in Iowa um, speaking. I don't know if it was a joint fundraiser. Uh, well, th- there was a representative from Iowa, a Democrat member of uh, Congress from Iowa there. And Biden, I mean, you could tell the primary purpose of this. The primary purpose of this was to try to help one particular member of Congress to try to of course, change the narrative. Biden's out there telling us a bunch of stuff that just isn't so. How inflation, of course, is not his fault. It's Putin's fault. Um, again, you don't have to look very hard to see that this... It has gotten worse since Putin invaded Ukraine. And to suggest that there's no factor there, no no correlation or connection between Putin's actions and inflation would not be... I, I, that's not what anyone... Is saying, but suggesting that that is the total reason, the only reason that we're suffering these terrible economic consequences is just flat out wrong. It is factually false, and that's what they want us to believe. Because again, it's a it's election year. This is obviously not shaping up to be very good for the Democrats whatsoever. In fact, I earlier this week I shared with you information. Um, from some researchers and an article, I think that was in hot air. Forgive me if I've gotten that wrong. Um, I'm going back from my memory. But anyway, 
the in the article, it basically said where things are polling right now, which of course is an eternity from where we're going to find ourselves in 2024, even where we're going to find ourselves at the 2022 midterm elections, which is just, uh, what, seven, is that right? Seven months away, about seven months, six and a half, seven months away. We're going to be, it's going to be a completely different, I shouldn't say completely different, but it's going to feel like an eternity. That's how politics is. But if this continues on this trajectory, it is conceivable It is possible that Republicans have both the House of Representatives and perhaps even a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. Again, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying that indications at this particular point in time on some very preliminary data analysis would suggest that that's at least in the possible scenarios. not saying it's likely, but then again, we didn't expect, we knew things were going to get bad under Biden. None of that surprises, it shouldn't surprise any of us, but to suggest or to think that in 12 months inflation would be 8.5%. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's quite the the shock. I don't know that anybody was quite ready for that, even though we were all preparing for things to be worse. So Biden's in Iowa. Biden is at, you know, he's speaking to a friendly crowd. He's in a grain bin, a massive grain bin, and speaking about the economy and, of course, how the Democrats make everything so wonderful. And if it's bad, it's because of Trump or Putin or Russian collusion or a Russian disinformation campaign or some such thing. It's not Biden's fault. It can't be Biden's fault. And that's just the way that this is going to play out. They're not going to accept any responsibility for any of this stuff, even though their fingerprints are quite literally, quite literally all over this. I mean, of course, that's a metaphor, but their fingerprints are all over the legislation that's created this mess. So Biden's uh, standing there giving a speech and he gets, he gets hit by something, we'll say at this point, something that comes falling I don't know, from the sky. Something comes falling from the sky, hits him on the left shoulder. I think he kind of glances at it. Even he, I think he kind of even notices something happened there. It certainly seems, certainly seems like it, (laughs) a bird poop seems to be the most logical explanation. Now, what's interesting is immediately the the GOP, the GOP, a Twitter account with Republicans, actually tweeted this out and just basically said, did the president just get <laughs> just get pooped on by a, by a bird? And this, of course, sends Twitter into, I mean, the, the liberals on Twitter, into, I mean, just they can't believe this. this is the pre- and then again, these are the same folks who, not all of them, but within this group, these are the same folks that wished death upon members of Trump's family. These are people who had no problem attacking Baron Trump. These were the same people um, who, I mean, the things they said about Trump, which again, I'm not saying, do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying the way that someone else behaves justifies our, you know, returning that behavior in kind. I'm not, I don't believe that. I believe that right is right. And someone has to stop Someone has to stop. If both sides' viewpoints 
are let's stick it to the other side when we're in power or let's return their inappropriate behavior with inappropriate behavior of our own. This is never going to end. This is one of the problems I have, by the way, with this these concepts of, um, you know, uh, actually having people today pay some sort of a um, retro, well, uh, go back and, and to, to pay for certain groups of people that whose families might have been slaves or, or whatever. What's the term I'm looking for? The, it starts with an R. I'm, I'm looking at Oz here. She's doing something else at the moment. Um, the, the term's just escaping me at the moment. But anyway, so it's one of the reasons I'm against that because we should just focus. We should stop. We should All parties should, agree, should say, look, no more trying to say, well, this is still not right, but it, it covers up or it, it, it atones for reparations. Thank you, Oz. It atones for the mistakes, you know, that another group of people might have made in the past. So reparations for one, for one race of people that never owned slaves, many, the vast majority of which never were racist, to pay another group that were not slaves, uh, whose family members, of course, were, but not all... Look, I mean, this is... To say that every person who's of one race should get a payment from another is clearly is clearly not, in and of itself, a good policy. But they're saying, you know, the idea is, well, what your race, uh, what people who look like you did to people that look like another race did... You have to, uh, there, there needs to be some payback, so to speak. But then this, this just never ends. This is never good. We should just stop and say, what is just? And what is just is that we have a, I mean, a colorblind society. I mean, what is just is that we have people treating people like people that, that is not based upon, well, it's based primarily upon character or based upon what a certain person's behavior warrants versus what color are they and see now we have supreme court justices and we have vice presidential candidates now vice presidents themselves who are actually nominated specifically for reasons like this instead of saying we're going to pick the person that we think is most qualified and i get that there's a political component there i'm not completely naive in that in that sense but anyway so the, there's always – when you do that, it's going to sway back and forth. It's never going to land on – justice doesn't seem to be the objective. It seems to be now we're in power, so let's go after the person who's not in power. And so when that happens, you see people on Twitter, when Biden gets apparently pooped on <laughs> by a bird, who get very upset at this. How dare you? Of course, again, they were calling Trump every name in the book. They were – uh, I mean, completely disparaging him, his family. I mean, much, much worse than that. But that is what looked like what happened to Biden here. So, but on top of this, instead of saying, you know what, the, pre- the president did get pooped on by a little birdie, those things happen. In fact, there's a close-up here. I mean, folks, it certainly looks like bird doo-doo to me. But maybe I'm wrong. 
So, but these these Democrats, instead of just laughing at this and saying, hey, this is just something that happens when you're in a grain bin in Iowa, they say this is impossible. It's impossible for this to happen because the president was inside and not outside. Not only that, not only that, there were some derogatory comments from somebody. It was one of the White House, I think it was from the White House's communications director. She went to Twitter, and she made some comment about, well, Republicans clearly don't understand what's, you know, what the inside of a grain bin looks like. Well, hello. Who's been in a building where there have been birds? I've been to a Walmart. There's birds flying around. I know that there's been birds that get into, you know, basketball arenas. Um, Heck, bats. Wasn't there an arena that was shut down because bats were flying around? Basketball game a couple of years ago. I think I want to say it was San Antonio. I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it was a Spurs game. But not only that, folks, we've had, when we lived, before we, before we sold the house to start the Truth Tour, we lived, uh, we lived near the edge of the woods. The house was probably, I don't know, say 20 yards from the edge of the woods maybe, something like that. And there was, you know, there was wildlife out there. And we had, <laughs> there were occasions where birds would fly in the house out there. So the idea, the idea that birds cannot somehow get into grain bins is preposterous. Especially, again, when, when we've seen them in sporting arenas. We've seen them in Walmarts and places like that. They may have gotten in your house. We Again, we had... My wife was telling me we had a wren that got in the house. I think there were, was a hummingbird. Uh, maybe some, actually one time, one time really quickly, I'll tell you this, this is one of my favorites. We, right after we had moved in there, my son at the time was playing, I think, t-ball, and we had come home. We had left, it was springtime, baseball season. We had left the screen, the, the windows open, but the screens were down. And when we pulled up, we noticed a raccoon running from the house. And when we got into the house, we had noticed that the raccoons had come in through the screen. They'd ripped them, you know, made a way in through the screen, and there were footprints all over the place. Of course, what was terrifying, well, we had a, a little one, a, one in the in the crib still. And what was, you couldn't tell how many there were. It might have been one raccoon who just walked all over the place, or it could have been a couple of raccoons. Anyway, Sealed that up, took care of it. There turns out it was just the one who fled when he heard us or she heard us return. The point is, things happen when um, you're in a grain bin in Iowa and birds can be in grain bins. But there are some things that I want to talk about that absolutely cannot. They want to tell us what's impossible. I want to tell you some things that are impossible that they tell you are possible each and every day. And it's not birds and grain bins. It has things to do with their ideas, their policies, their worldview, and so forth, and how that the things that they tell us will happen if we just vote for them actually cannot ever happen. Talk about that after the break, my friends. Again, if you've not seen it, I do. <laughs> if nothing else, it's good for a good, a good chuckle to see, you know, this little accident happen with the president. And it just doesn't mean anything beyond that. I mean, it's just funny. My goodness, can we just laugh a little bit in life without 
having to explain why we thought something was funny. So, but next segment, it's not just funny. I think it exposes, their silly nonsense exposes not uh, what's actually impossible, which is not birds getting in grain bins. It's things to do with their political ideology. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Sit tight, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. (laughs) Look, I'm only talking about this because it entertains me, number one. Number two, yeah, we can certainly say that it is symbolic (laughs) of a lot of things that we hear coming from this administration. But they get so, they get so defensive over this. They can't, I'm telling you, it, the radical left, the radical left, it is so much about appearances for them. It is so much about words. They're already a little bit upset that Biden's even found himself inside of a grain bin in Iowa, of all places. These these folks have no... (laughs) idea no idea the vast majority of them have no idea what happens in iowa they have no idea what flyover country looks like they they don't care they they think that people who have grain bins to begin with these people are just not worthy of even their attention this is just a necessary means to an end when they see biden out here and then to have him get, you know, pooped on, <laughs> what it looks like to me, by a bird. They can't, they can't even begin to wrap their heads around this. And so I find it funny. I find, I find it funny. Um, and so we've talked about it. But let me tell you what isn't really so funny. I'll tell you the things that are actually impossible. It's not impossible. I know to the left it seems impossible for a bird to get inside of a grain bin. I think it's funny, too, by the way. Um, And I've seen, in fact, I referenced some of the snarky remarks by uh, the director of communications, basically saying, do Republicans even know what a grain bin is? Oh, my goodness, it's inside. They can't, there can't be birds in there. Come on, what? I'm, I'm willing to bet... If it wasn't for a political visit and a photo op, these folks would have no idea. No idea what a grain... In fact, there are grain bins not to the size of the ones that we've seen in the... uh, That's in question here where Biden was. Well, there's some that are not, I guess, too far away. But there's grain bins within just a few miles of where I am right now. I would love for the the communications director to try to explain to me. She she thinks that she knows more about farming than people like you and me. I, I worked and managed a 200-acre standard bred horse farm. We had uh, farmers out there that, you know, they they worked the, the ground for soybeans and corn. I know these farmers. I'm not, I didn't do the work, but I... A lot more aware of what happens with that than somebody that's in the White House in Washington, D.C. Nine, I mean, maybe, you know, nine times out of ten, especially when they're a leftist. They're a leftist. They've probably grown up 
in some urban area or some radical area along the coast having no idea, having no idea what's even a, you know, this whole farming situation is, is just well beneath the average leftist. Again, it's critically important to understand, and I'm not talking about Democrats, I'm talking about radical leftists, people who believe that it's their job to rule and our job to obey. These are the people I'm talking about. They have no interest in these things other than using it to patronize people for their vote. That's how I see it, and that's, I think, the evidence would bear, would bear that out. Again, I'm not talking about all Democrats. That's an important differentiation for me. There's a lot of rank-and-file Democrats that know a heck of a lot more about grain bins than the White House does. But they act as though a bird getting inside of a, of a grain bin is impossible. That can't happen. There's, Well, by the way, they may have inadvertently pointed out that walls work as well because they tell us that walls don't work. Now, a grain bin has not just walls. It also has, you know, kind of a, a slanted ceiling, so to speak. So it has walls and a ceiling. Um, so basically, they're saying walls, when accompanied by a ceiling, work to keep things out. But even then, if you're letting people in, if people can get in, birds can get in. How about that for a simple way to explain it to to someone who's a, a leftist who's just trying to protect the image of the president here. But let me tell you the things that actually are impossible. And I got a couple of them here that I want to share with you. Number one, the things that the left tell us each and every day, that we can have prosperity through taxation. That is impossible, my friends. Prosperity does not come through taxation. Prosperity comes, prosperity comes when the government actually gets out of the way when the government stops taking things produced and I'm not saying there should be no taxes that is not my position but there's way 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 too much taken from productive prosperous people today and it's still not enough in fact I retweeted earlier today which radical member of congress was it today that did this <clears throat> see if I can find it really quickly a radical member of Congress actually said something. Let me try to read the tweet here really quickly. She tweeted out, who is this? Yeah, Pramila Jayapal. She says, good morning. Today would be a great day to tax the rich and invest in our communities. I retweeted that and said, the radicals left's appetite for spending can never be satisfied by any amount of taxes raised. That is, is the truth. Prosperity through taxation is impossible. Not birds getting into grain bins and then relieving themselves when flying inside of said grain bin. That's actually quite natural. Morality through wokeism is another thing I'll tell you that is actually impossible that the left tells us each and every day through their insane idea of the moment. They think now, they probably wouldn't say it like this, <clears throat> but I'm just going to say in simple terms, morality cannot be achieved through wokeism. Morality would be an impossible thing to achieve if we listened to the woke. I would also add to this, not bitterism. It's impossible for someone to be not bitter and at the same time 
liberal. I have searched high and low for, for the liberal, not bitter equivalent of this program, and I can't find it. They are angry. They are incredibly bitter. They engage in the politics of personal destruction, as Hillary Clinton would say. They engage in identity politics. They engage in all sorts of behavior, all sorts of types of different types of argument that demonstrate that they're not about reaching truth or coming to a conclusion for the, you know, uh, concluding what the best idea or policy or whatever is. They are interested solely in advancing, in advancing their morally bankrupt worldview. That's what, that's just what it is. That's what it is. And there's other things that are impossible too. But it doesn't include birds getting into grain bins. And it doesn't include birds relieving themselves when flying, wherever they're flying. That's a natural thing as well. I'm sure there's someone out there on the left today that wants to redefine what a bird is, that wants to redefine what it means to fly, that wants to redefine where it is a bird can relieve himself or herself or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. All those preferences and wishes and just ridiculous notions are impossible to achieve. It's impossible to achieve. And again, it's impossible to achieve achieve prosperity through taxation. It's impossible to achieve morality through wokeism. It's impossible to find political, I don't want to say harmony, but not this level of you know, angst in politics. It's, it's, it's impossible to reach a type of political unity and advance some of the ideas and use identity politics the way that the left does. Those are the things. There's a lot more. It's impossible. It's impossible to guarantee peace if you're not strong. Peace through strength is necessary. That I mean, those two things go hand in hand. I've said before, American weakness is provocative. If you want to provoke, in fact, I would say this. It's impossible to refrain from provoking, from provoking bad characters in the world if you decide to be weak as the United States of America. These are things that are impossible. Not birds getting into grain bins, not birds flying over presidents, not birds relieving themselves whenever the heck Mother Nature calls. Those things are not impossible. It's also impossible to make sense out of any of the stuff that we're being told by the radical left and by the Biden administration today. And I've got to take a break. Quick time out, folks. Shifting gears when we get back. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. my friends so just really quickly the winehouse communications director her name is kate bedingfield b-e-d-i-n-g bedingfield she's the one that tweeted out something about how republicans can't find their way around a silo i just wanted to mention this before i move on she looks like she was raised in georgia so it's possible maybe she does 
maybe she does know a little bit about grain bins. But again, just because she does know doesn't mean that she's not interested in deceiving and changing the narrative, which is that the president of the United States got pooped on by a bird. Certainly looks like it to me anyway, in a silo. And just laugh, my goodness, just laugh. What on earth? It means nothing. It means nothing unless you're superficial. That's it. It means nothing. So, I mean, it's symbolic of what's really happening, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just something that happens to, you know, in life. So I want to shift gears here. I want to look at a story. So you've seen, you followed the news on the Brooklyn subway attack. And you may have seen the videos on social media. You know, they may have run these on news outlets as, as well here. Um, which is terrible, right? I mean, it's, it's tragic and, and terrible. And we've got someone engaged in doing something wicked and evil on the subway system in Brooklyn. So I, I am just, again, I know who these people are, but it's still shocking to read and to hear and to see the things that they say. Headline here, Fox News, former MSNBC host. You, you heard that right. MSNBC host. Former. What do you ha- how bad do you have to be on MSNBC to be former? That's my first question. But former MSNBC host is upset over Brooklyn subway shooting suspects raced. Yikes, that's a tongue twister. Let me read that again. Former MSNBC host upset over Brooklyn subway shooting suspects race. That's right. The only thing that matters to the well to the race baiters, to folks who are engaged in identity politics, who only see the world through the color of people's skin. The only thing this joker cared about was the race of the shooter. Forget about the fact that dozens of people were impacted, and and who knows how many lives touched by the the damage inflicted by the shooter in the subway. This former MSNBC host, the only thing he cared, and his last name, well, his first name's Ture, T-O-U-R-E, with the little accent over the E. Ture Neblet, and I am not, if that is not how that's pronounced, I'm not trying to be provocative here, although if I was being provocative, it might be over someone who says something like this, but I'm not. The Teray Show podcast, um, he actually tweeted whenever he found out that the suspect, who, by the way, 62-year-old Frank James, he was identified as the suspect. They've since arrested him. You know, all this sort of stuff has happened. What Teray has found to be the most, I guess, concerning part of this story is the race of the suspect. His tweet reads as follows. Police say the suspect is a male, is a male black. I would say black male, but whatever. Teray is probably distraught over this and just doesn't have time to think about the order of the words as he wants to write them. Police say the suspect is a male black. Then... 
says, well, it's followed by three words. Well, it's one of it's the same word repeated three times. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> so all he cared about was the race of the shooter. The the number of people harmed, the damage inflicted, you know, the effects that it has on family members and friends and co-workers and neighbors. Nope, none of that matters. All he wants to know, all he wanted to know is that the shooter, fingers crossed, I guess, I guess here, fingers crossed was white. Oh my goodness, that's all that matters. I'm telling you folks, this is a sickness. By the way, what's wrong? Is this guy okay? No, he's clear. He's clearly not okay. It's, he's clearly not okay. You cannot be a serious-minded individual, first of all, and work at MSNBC, second of all, and actually be serious, be taken seriously, I should say, if you are concerned about the race of someone who shot people. What in the world? And this, this, my friends, this is why. In fact, I think he might be jockeying to get his job back, and this might be brilliant because MSNBC might think, well, this guy is profound. You know, I hadn't considered that before. I hadn't considered how important it was. Right? This literally reminds me of things that Michael Scott said in the Prison Mike episode. I don't know if that's the episode, but when he, he pretends like he's a former inmate and he's Prison Mike. This is exactly the sort of thing that we laughed at back circa 2000, whenever that was, 2007, 8, 9, I don't know what year it was. But we laughed about these things. Now, we still laugh. This, it's a sad situation, so you don't laugh at that. But to think that this is what this individual thinks is important here. The race of the shooter. Folks, this passes as critical thought on the radical left today. I'm telling you, it does, and he's probably in a good position now with a stupid tweet to get rehired by the jokers at MSNBC. Quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So... Let's talk a little bit here about COVID again. COVID, I know, again, every time I mention this, I, I know there's all sorts of <laughs> questions we talked about or, you know, things that come to mind, right, with, with, with this. But I want to talk specifically about two things. Number one, number one, did you see that... Where is it? I got it pulled up here in the stack of stuff. Bear with me for just... Well, we talked about Philadelphia already yesterday, returning their mask mandate. But did you see a court... Oh, I know what I was going to say. The federal mask mandate has been extended, Oz. You may not have seen this. Maybe you did. To May 3rd. So federal mask mandate has been extended. If you're going to ride a bus at Disney World, which I told you about that story, and the bus driver got on me, I didn't do anything. I had my mask on. I just told him it wasn't right when he said it was a law because it's not a law. Congress has never passed any law about this stuff. Congress abdicated the responsibility to the administrative branch of the federal government, the, the executive branch, the president. And this was decades, I mean, a long time ago. And they suddenly come up with this rule given, you know, 
per the authority given to them by Congress, to say that there's a mandate. That's why they're called mandates and not laws, because they didn't get passed as laws. Anyway, um, but we're going to have May 3rd federal mask mandates, which include airplanes and, you know, federal land, whatever, federal lands and buildings. We've, we've traveled to some national parks, and the shenanigans at some of the national parks is quite ridiculous. I mean, um, you know, putting on masks to go into you know, little buildings or whatever. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. So that's been extended. But at the same time, Title 42 is in the process of being rescinded, which basically was a rule initiated by the Trump administration that said, I'm, I'm making this very simple for the sake of time. If you were an illegal immigrant trying to come to the United States, you could be turned away without any asylum hearing whatsoever because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is being wiped out as a rule. Now, you would think that if we still have to wear masks on airplanes and buses and anytime, you know, we're at a federal monument or wherever all this stuff kicks in, that you would think that if it was serious enough for that, that it would also be serious enough to continue the policy that keeps people who may be bringing the disease in from other places, right? Seems to be logical position. I just wanted to mention that. The other thing I want to get to really quickly in the time we have remaining, guess how many percent, I'm going to ask guys, how many percentage of Americans think COVID is still a serious crisis? Did you, do you know? It's less than that. She said 20. 9%. 9% of Americans think that COVID is still a serious crisis. This is in an Axios uh, Ipsos poll. And if you break that down, it's 3% of Republicans and 16% of Democrats for a total of, on average, 9% of Americans still thinking this is a serious crisis. So just sharing that COVID bit of information, I don't know if that upsets the YouTube gods or what um, or anybody else in social media, but that is what is being reported. I've got to take a break, my friend. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. my friends all the time that we have for today so um there's some things that i will save for friday some well some things i have saved other things um i just didn't have time to to get to so we'll get into those tomorrow and and it's just just never never a dull moment never a dull moment what so Ever. But again, to think 9%, only 9% of Americans think COVID is still a serious crisis. The left is just beside themselves right now. They have literally nothing, nothing that they can run on at this particular point in time. And I've got to go. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. SDG. See you then. <laughs>